Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Well, hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Jason Murchie, author of Wisdom, A Very Valuable Virtue That Cannot Be Bought. This is Jason's fourth book on values and virtues and combines digestible psychological research findings, compelling personal stories, and useful quotations about wisdom. We'll dive more into the content with Jason in just a minute, but first, here's the inside scoop on the author. The founder of Values of the Wise, Jason Murchie, is also a philosophical thinker, master's-level psychologist, proponent of the research ideal, social critic, author, essayist, blogger, and a student of the tradition of arts and letters. Growing up Jewish in a suburb of Los Angeles, he grappled with sociocultural, familial, religious, psychological, and self-motivation issues that led to much of the insight he has today. After junior college, he earned a bachelor's degree summa cum laude in psychology and social behavior from the University of California, Irvine, and was inducted into Phi Beta Kappa for excellence in liberal scholarship. Jason went on to earn a master's degree in clinical psychology from California State University, Fullerton. Having moved to San Diego, he obtained thousands of hours of experience counseling clients of all types. It was in that capacity that Jason became intrigued by and began to study wisdom, values, and ethics. The Values of the Wise website, valuesofthewise.com, and book series were born as ways to lead not only himself, but also his clients to find the insight, consolation, and wisdom from great quotations representing our intellectual heritage. Jason lives in the Hendersonville, North Carolina area with his wife and pets. He has earned a graduate certificate in philosophy and ethics from Harvard University Extension. For more information on Jason and his work, visit his website at valuesofthewise.com. Well, hi, Jason. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hi there. Thanks for having me. To get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, Wisdom, A Very Valuable Virtue That Cannot Be Bought. What's it all about? The book is a kind of a culmination of all the things I've been thinking about and learning about and, and doing for almost 20 years. I've loved philosophy, psychology, personal growth, a kind of a type of spirituality that veers more toward not an organized religion kind of spirituality, but more like, you know, how you feel when you're, mm-hmm. when you climb to the top of a mountain and see the sunset and, right. or, you know, experiencing love and relation to another person, that kind of spirituality. I've been a huge collector of uh, quotations, a huge fan of quotations for all this time. And I think they're beautiful. I think they illustrate some of the most important things that people have been thinking and writing about over millennia. Mm-hmm. And so that's almost like an addiction of mine. Um, <laughs> and so when I was going through the pandemic, you know, I was thinking, I love this book um, on philosophy that I had read. I thought, why don't I just sit, really sit with it and absorb it and see if I can, uh, you know, riff off of it to use a, a musician's term. And I was able to because I was feeling a lot of feelings about the nature of where America is at this time and maybe humanity in general. And it was all very unsettling to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought we were kind of going in the wrong direction further and faster than is wise, I'll say. 
it was like a passion project. I sat down and shared what I thought about wisdom, like what are the aspects, the characteristics, the very definition of the idea of wisdom. And then I kind of also would bring in personal elements uh, from my background and always, you know, make it relevant to what's going on in people's communities and in their relationships and the, the nation and the world, because uh, wisdom is extremely useful as far as, you know, virtues are concerned and can really help an individual out and certainly can help a civilization or a society out. And, and you can see when civilizations and societies seem to be lacking in wisdom uh, and what happens to them shortly afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the main question that I would have is, what is wisdom? You know, it's uh, it's funny. It's probably one of the only topics, maybe next to something in theology or whatever. You know, you really have to be pretty modest and humble about how much you think you know about that topic. Mm-hmm. I can give you bullet points and the characteristics that comprise my chapters, but it's a little bit elusive, kind of hard to put your finger on, kind of, I don't know if mysterious is the right word, but it's not something that you just pick up by uh, reading one book. And I know that's a strange thing to say. Right. But it's like philosophy is basically from the Greek word philos and Sophia, meaning the love of wisdom. So philosophy is the love of wisdom. And people like Socrates have said, it's not that you attain wisdom because it's a simple concept to grasp and you just put it to use and, and you know, kill it and out there in the world. It's that you love it because... Uh, you know, you constantly have to try to ask yourself over and over and over again, what is the wise thing to do in this particular situation? You know, mm-hmm. so in the book, I get into generalities, like, you know, here's what so-and-so said about wisdom. Here's what I think about this aspect of wisdom. Maybe I'd be talking about the critical thinking aspect of wisdom or the compassion aspect of wisdom or um, the interpersonal intelligence type of emotional intelligence aspect of wisdom. But, you know, that's only going to get a person so far. You need to really get concrete with it. And that's where the personal growth elements come in. And, you know, it's like, how do you utilize wisdom in your life starting right now? You know, because everybody who reads a book or doesn't read a book or whatever, everybody constantly faces situations where there are numerous choices and their values become very important as they make those choices. And, And I think that wisdom is one of the most important virtues one can can have when it comes to success in life and and fulfillment and meaning happiness and frankly you know staying alive yeah it's different from knowledge though because i feel like people can know something and still not apply wisdom to their situation that's a key principle i go to it over and over again and it's frankly you didn't come up with that idea and neither did I because it's extremely yeah. old, but it's, it's kind of a truism that knowledge is not the same thing as wisdom. Um, a clear example would be Putin has an incredible nuclear arsenal at his disposal and a lot of, you know, munitions. And so he, he knows a heck of a lot. I mean, he's, what is he? He's 60. He's been at this for mm-hmm. all these years, you know, former KGB agent. He knows all kinds of stuff. And yet look what he's doing with this knowledge. It's it's grotesque. Right. And it reminds me of the quote by Martin Luther King. He said, our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power. Mm. We have guided missiles and misguided men. Oh, wow. wow. So, uh, you know, just to flesh it out a little further, it's like 
just because you know facts and maybe you're a scientist who knows a heck of a lot about science and you, you know you make a huge mistake in, in your real estate transaction or you're investing um, your love life or whatever. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see somebody who's a physician, a lawyer, a famous writer, a, an inventor, or this or that, and, and aspects of their lives are not going all that well, just mm-hmm. objectively when you look at those issues. And it's interesting. So it's like, well, you're so smart. You've been educated so highly in your subject area. You have respect and what have you. But wisdom is something that you're still trying to understand because obviously the choices that that you've made and, and what have you are not the wisest choices in the world. So I find that very interesting, you know, yeah. the issue that you bring up. Yeah, yeah. Now, your subtitle, it's very deliberate, a very valuable virtue that cannot be bought. And so that's kind of what you were talking about just now, I feel like just, you know, you oh, can't. Absolutely. Yeah, that subtitle came to me one night. Maybe I should have thought three times about that. But see, that's a perfect example of wisdom, right? It's like, I was excited about that subtitle. I was sitting there in bed awake thinking, oh, that's beautiful. It's alliterative. It's true. Uh, you know, anybody who's tried to buy love or, you know, success or anything else has failed miserably. You know, you can't buy those things. It's right. pathetic when you see that person who has the money, but they they can't find a good relationship because, you know, uh, people don't want money as much as they want the things that money can buy. So, um you can't buy wisdom. I'm not able to say, frankly, that if you just spend 15 bucks on this book, you will be wiser slash happier slash more successful slash more beautiful. I don't know, whatever. Uh, it's just sort of like one of those things that I think could be helpful to people because it's helpful to me to go through all these ideas and bring together over 1500 quotations from yeah. people I consider to be worth listening to, but you got to work for it. It's, it's more like akin to uh, health or fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every time I get on the treadmill, I think, Oh, shoot me. It's like the worst thing. Right. <laughs> but it's like, you have the choice. You either work out or you don't. And life is going to give you positive or negative consequences for doing that. You know, how do you want to look? How long do you want to live? Those aspects are sort of very analogous to wisdom. Yeah. We all have choices many, many, many times a day. You know, do I do the thing that gives me some sort of pleasure or reward in the short term, or do I delay gratification and work toward something greater in the future? And and I will say that delaying gratification is certainly part of of wisdom, and I do get into that in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not so far that you become sort of like an android where everything's future, 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 future. And when I look back on my college experience, I think. Well, I graduated with highest honors from the University of California, and so I'm extremely proud of that. But by the same token, I feel like some of my time was almost wasted because I spent so much time studying and it was so important to me. Mm. I delayed my gratification instead of going to that party and, you know, this and that. So, you know, I never got a a DUI in in college, you know, never, uh, (laughs) you know, jumped off a building because my fraternity brothers said you have to. It was I was very sort of uh, sober and, and dedicated in college. But by the same token, didn't have as much fun or as much um, deep and fulfilling experiences like as I could have because I, I was driven to delay gratification. And so I think we'll have to find that balance between right. the present and the future. So yeah. So I feel like lack of wisdom has caused this great divide in America. And it's 
I don't think it was caused by politics. I think it was caused by lack of wisdom, but it's become political. And, Mm -hmm. you know, every person on either side of the fence of the political fence is so adamant that their truth is the truth. And so with this back and forth and everybody believing different truths, how do we develop true wisdom? That's a critical problem. I lie awake thinking about this. It really smarts that Putin ran ads and did various disinformation campaigns in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pernicious with a capital P. I mean, right. he was dr- trying to drive a wedge between Americans and social media was like a, an accelerant that made a, a huge conflagration. And, you know, it's it's not impossible to think that there might be a civil war in our future. It's, right. it's incredibly alarming to think of, but it's not impossible. And so I think a lot of things about that, but some things that come to mind first would be, we must be very careful allowing for-profit corporations to do anything that is against the best interests of the people. Mm-hmm. And so if corporations are destroying the planet, well, that's exceedingly unwise, right? Because mm-hmm. are they going to compensate us in some way? Are they going to take us all the way to Mars and set up a nice little colony for us? No, they're going to do what plutocrats do. They're going to be like, well, too bad, so sad. Uh, I've got a yacht. Do you have a yacht? You yeah, know, yeah. I'm sorry you have a house in Florida, but I've got a yacht. So guess what? Yachts float. You know, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's just gross. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that for-profit corporations are uniformly bad because if there's one thing I know about wisdom, it's that as soon as you make a statement, you know, you have to add 10 footnotes to it because it's probably going to turn out to be wrong in certain circumstances. Mm. Um, and so there's a, there's a modesty that one has to have about making a statement like for-profit corporations need to not do anything that is against the, the best interest of the people, because maybe there are examples where that's not a, ultimately true, but, but I feel that it probably is. And then I feel that politicians have become masters of playing to the cheap seats and accepting money from individuals and corporations to do things that are not in the best interest of the people. And it's kind of a gross downward cycle because the politicians accept the money to do various things, pass bills or not pass bills, you know, do nothing or obstruct. And then the corporations like say uh, Facebook will, you know, just use people as advertising fodder or whatever, you know, get in there and just, get angry about stuff and argue with each other and get mad at your family members and do all this stuff and say that the liberals are the worst thing in the world or say the conservatives are crazy. Right. And it's like, it all just kind of, it's, it has nothing to do with wisdom. It's the opposite of wisdom. It's all sort of a distraction. And so I think, you know, nowadays we have to be very careful about thinking about the things that are going on in society. Is there a profit motive involved? Is it the politicians are really trying to feather their own nest rather than serve the will of the people. And then, you know, just in our individual relationships, we have to think, I do want to be myself. Uh, I don't want to just kowtow to what my family or friends would would want me to do. But Mm -hmm. the same token, I need to be sort of flexible with people and say, you know, hey, uh, you voted for Trump, I didn't, or you think that masks are good and I don't, or whatever. And just make that like the hill that you die on, you know, because I'm right. in a big row with my family and I have been for a long time, generally due to vaccines and major philosophical differences about vaccines. And I don't just mean COVID. I mean, measles, you know, meningitis, polio, everything. 
And it's just a huge rift between my family members and myself, the ones who are still alive. Yeah. And so it's just a, a huge shame. You know, we, it's almost like we care more about the principle of justice and what have you than we care about the relationships with each other. And it's quite unfortunate. Yeah, I feel a little bit of that in my family as well. And, you know, it's kind of shocking to think that such things could cause a divide in your family, you know, and I, right. I don't know, you look back, you think family's important. Yeah, yeah, it is unfortunate. It's, it's very depressing. We, it's very worrying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we weren't always so divided. I mean, it's literally true that back in the uh, 50s or 40s, I think, the two political parties were criticized as being too similar to each other. Mm. As in there wasn't enough variability or, or differences so that people could choose whether they would rather, you know, vote for uh, the Liberal Party or the Conservative Party. And, you know, Nixon would say things that were very liberal. I mean, he, he created the EPA. Mm. But once the 80s rolled around, it became, you know, the culture wars began. And it's probably too granular to get into many details about that. But yeah. let's just say for 30 or 40 years now, people have been becoming more tribalistic and more passionate and more, obviously, social media has just increased these major forces in society by tenfold. And mm-hmm. then, of course, Trump came along. And uh, in my opinion, for his own purposes, he has magnified differences between Americans. It's sad. Now, when you look at the Ukraine situation, the war, you know, at this time when, when we're talking, Ukraine is a huge conflagration and Americans are pretty united on that. And that's mm-hmm. that's interesting um, and that's good. And I think it's only because it's too difficult for some bad actor to get in there and drive a wedge between Americans of different race or religion or socioeconomic status or gender identity or sexuality or whatever. It's almost like when it comes to Ukraine, we all think, of course, we're going to support Ukraine. It's the biggest, you know, good versus evil since like Batman versus, you know, the Joker or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, you must support Ukraine against this absolute maniac, a tyrant. Uh, and so for the, in that case, we've sort of forgotten about differences. But as soon as you start talking about gas prices, you start to see divisions. It's like, is this uh, Joe Biden's fault that there's like, the astronomical gas prices or right. is it about other things? And so... Americans are very passionate people. You know, we're we're very religious, we're very passionate, violent at times. It's an interesting country to be from, and it's an interesting time to be alive. I can say that for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, you mentioned that you referenced over 1,500 quotes in your book. It must have been fascinating kind of collecting all the data to put your book together. So what did your research entail, and did you discover anything that really surprised you? Your question reminds me of, one time when I was doing a book, it was probably 2004. It was just a compilation of quotations about values. And I submitted a book to a professor to, to ask uh, him for a uh, endorsement. And he wrote me back and he said, this is outlandish. I would never endorse a book that quotes Adolf Hitler. What is wrong with you? I'm a Jew. Get out of my face. <laughs> and of course, I was thinking, well, I'm a Jew as well. But uh, the, you know, the main point that he was bringing up was, your book is called Values of the Wise, as in the values that wise individuals have. Mm. Uh, and you think Hitler is worthy of being quoted? It was a, a kind of a intellectual rift because I'm not saying that Hitler is wise. I'm saying the thing he said is interesting and is relevant to the value in question. And ah. if I remember correctly, the quote was how fortunate for people in power 
that the people do not think. And I think mm. that's a very rich, interesting thing to say. And if I remember correctly, there's a little bit of a question about whether Hitler really said that. But let's say he did. It's not out of the question. It raises the question that's worth thinking about. Uh, do people think? Do they think often? Do they think well? Do they think clearly? Do they think rationally? How is it that the German people, I mean, the Germans, they were very instrumental in the history of philosophy. You know, Immanuel mm. Kant, Friedrich Nietzsche, Schopenhauer, Leibniz, all these interesting people. And yet they just fell hook, line, and sinker for this guy. How did yeah. that happen? Yeah. Why would they be killing Jews, gypsies, gay people, communists? Why, why would good people, men, why would good men, you know, kiss their German children, go to work at a crematorium? How does that happen? Yeah. It's just so interesting. It's so fascinating. And I think it would be foolish to kind of ignore the fact that Hitler said that. It's like we want to know as much about Hitler as we can because the human condition is such that humans can turn evil very quickly i don't know if you've heard about or watched things you know there's movies uh, the stanford prison experiment there's a famous old psychological study called obedience to authority by stanley milgram and these things illustrate that if you just put somebody in a unique situation they will behave in an evil manner my research has been going on for quite some time because like i said i am addicted to Interesting quotations. If I come across something in a magazine, I get sort of obsessive compulsive about it. I have to highlight it. I have to put that into my quote database, which instantly can be used for free at my website, valuesofthewise.com. It's okay. got 35,000 quotations about values. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. So some of it was sort of like fishing in a barrel. If I wanted to you know, jog my memory or, or find some quote that would be relevant, I, I could just type in keywords or the name of a, of a person or whatever into that quote database. And you yeah. know, the results would pop up, maybe, maybe 10, maybe 100, maybe 300 quotations that I could then just scroll through. And so, you know, part of my research was that trying to figure out, you know, what did this philosopher say about it? Or what did that psychologist say about wisdom or, the, you know, um, some aspect of wisdom, like uh, vision or whatever. And then the other part of the research kind of stemmed from this uh, book that I referenced earlier called Wisdom from Philosophy to Neuroscience. It was written in 2010 by Stephen Hall, and it was good enough that I loved it and that I found many quotations and many ideas. And I, I kind of just spun off from that and thought, you know, it was like a, the seed that led to, you know, the tree that became my book. And you know, I've got a, a library with 3000 books or something. So wow. obviously Google, Google is a thing. So I would just, you know, <laughs> think about what I wanted to write about in a chapter and, and then, you know, come up with the outline and, and then populate it with ideas, populate it with quotes. Yeah. And uh, I was off to the races. How long did it take you to write this book? I didn't time it, but uh, if you ask my wife, she would say I spent quite a lot of time downstairs in my office. Uh, I would say probably 250, 300 hours, something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a huge amount of time considering I mean, it's quite a sizable book, almost 400 pages, right? Well, I mean, a lot of it just kind of came out of my brain. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I did a stream of consciousness thing and, and my fingers, you know, just kind of did yeah. what I told them to do. So. I mean, I didn't want to put together a, a diary or something like this that was just, you know, just some thoughts I had. Uh, so it was kind of a combination of 
knowing what I wanted to say, accessing my feelings, um, thinking about it. And then I would, I would weave in various research findings from psychology, uh, principles from philosophy, personal growth. My first philosophy class was when I was 18 and, and I've been very interested in the subject since. And so I've collected certain things. I can't remember to uh, unload the dishwasher, but I can remember things that I learned <laughs> when I was 18. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> so um, would you consider your book to be self-help? I would consider it to be self-help. I'd say my target market is kind of like people who are politically moderate or centrist or left of center. Uh, because I think there's a political extremism on the right at this time. And a lot of people, they don't even see the the same facts that I see right. about obvious things. So they're not going to like the book. So that's part of the target market. Uh, the other part is, you know, somebody who has an interest in philosophical stuff or interesting questions about the world. They like psychology or they at least want to, you know, have deep conversations with people. And then I think the other part is, is that self-help or personal growth aspect, as in somebody who wants to be better than they are uh, right now. Right. And obviously there are hundreds of thousands of self-help books out there. So it's a very popular topic. And I think if I were to characterize my approach, it would be, I just want to tell you my ideas. I've been thinking about these things for quite some time and I'm a assiduously honest person. And so I will tell you what I think is true. Mm. And you can decide if you think that it is or, or is not. I, I will try to persuade you. And my book does get a little challenging at times. I mean, frankly, you know, I have to come from the perspective that wisdom's a thing and that people really aren't that wise. And, and of course, I point to myself as examples uh, of things that I've done that were foolish or mistakes I've made or things I would want to redo. Yeah. But it's not the type of self-help book that's lunchables type of self-help. Like all you gotta do is unwrap it and there's your little cracker sandwich right there. Boom. Oh, right, um, right. You know, it can never be called a three-minute wisdom book or, you know, Tony Robbins probably wouldn't wouldn't like it because it's just, it's not simple. It's not plug and play. It's not obvious. It's not, um, There's know. not like a, a reading plan to kind of. Right. But that's in part because wisdom is one of the most challenging things that a person can think about or, or study or try to enact in their, in their life. I mean, getting on a treadmill is easy in comparison. All you got to do is, yeah. you know, get on it and start moving your legs and watch television. Wisdom is like, you know, dealing with moral dilemmas and dealing with feelings like anger or jealousy or rejection. You know, what do you do when your values are challenged out there in the world? What do you do when two of your values conflict with each other? Mm. How do you really find a deep type of fulfillment? And spoiler alert, it's not really about money or power or beauty or, or whatever. So anyway, there's there's a self-help element to it. But I was proud one time somebody said in my 2005 book, uh, they said, this is a self-help book for people who hate self-help books. Ah. And I think this is kind of in that category. What would you say is the single most important thing you hope readers take away from your book? I guess I would say, okay, so I haven't gotten any, any negative reviews at this time. What I would hope for would be that if you're going to take issue with something about my book, Take the responsibility to know exactly what you don't like, what strikes you as wrong, and then, you know, sit there and, and argue with me. Obviously, if somebody wanted to, you know, call me on the phone or argue with me about values, I probably I probably would do it. <laughs> uh, 
it might be a you know poor life choice to argue with people about values, but you know, I think if they're sitting there reading the book, I would be happy if somebody said that is bull crap. Mm-hmm. Because if they're saying that, that means that they're really thinking about what I just said or, or whom I quoted. And they're saying, that's not me. I don't agree with that. I don't like that. Now they shouldn't be so close-minded that they think I already know everything about wisdom. I know everything about everything. I'm going to see if this guy has it right or not. That would not be the right attitude. Right. But if they if they go through it, you know, page by page, line by line, point by point, and they take issue with some points I make, well, that's good because that's critical thinking. That's a type of dialogue that's like Socratic in nature, meaning, you know, Socrates, like to go through and, and say, these are things I like, these things I don't like. Why is that good? Because the more you do that, the more uh, you're putting philosophy to work in your life and the more personal growth you'll probably find and the more authentic that personal growth uh, will be. Right. And if you can combine self-knowledge with open-mindedness and a willingness to change, to grow and to be better, I think that person would really have like a super highway to wisdom because it's kind of all about knowing yourself and understanding the concept, but also being, you know, open-minded and, and principled as you go out there in the world and, you know, not being too extreme you know aristotle when he talked about you know how to be in life it's like don't be extreme don't be so courageous or cowardly that you you know veer off in some strange direction that doesn't have balance and it's like that with anything else that we would do you know in the middle and the the mean uh, the median or whatever is like that's where some of these values can really be put to use by somebody is like don't be too into justice and don't be too into kowtowing you know find something in the middle where you yeah. stand up for yourself and you stand up for your for what you believe in but with a, with moderation you know you don't have to convince everybody on facebook that you're right and they're wrong that's a waste of time just you know <laughs> for example um get to know yourself and and seek your own wisdom not like in a vacuum because obviously you know putin for example he's in a vacuum right now he doesn't listen to anybody about anything right only listens to himself and that's that's very dangerous you need to like open the windows of your life and let the the fresh air um, blow in and um, <laughs> it's like there's a moderation about almost every topic and if you get too far off to the this side or that side then you're not really kind of in wisdom you're sort of like doing something other than wisdom yeah, because you can't be like extreme left on everything or extreme right on everything or you're just not thinking. So Wisdom has been out for a couple of months now and you talked a little bit about the feedback. Have you had any kind of feedback that just made you say, wow? Or <laughs> I have. And I was just happy that reviewers so far, by and large, um, tended to see what I was going for. And, and by that, I mean, they believe that philosophy is something that everybody can do if they just try and that, you know, Critical thinking is an important concept and uh, compassion is a beautiful thing that we must always remember and that we can make choices in life and and those choices are going to lead us in a certain direction, positive or negative. And then there's that element that I would consider to be like social criticism. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not everybody takes to other people's views on social criticism. And so, so the reviewers have just tended to by and large be like, when Jason says that he thinks society is sort of really scary, kind of heading in the wrong direction lately, um, I agree with him. I think that's right. And and he pre- prescribes a few ideas on how we can maybe, um, as the um, American Indian saying goes, turn around now before we get where we're going. Mm, wow. So I imagine 
with your book just being out a couple of months, have you been busy marketing it? Yeah. And I've just, I really don't like that. I've, I've failed at marketing my three prior books, <laughs> but, but this one I'm taking a lot more seriously because yeah. the prior books were sort of like, Hey, you know, here's, here's a bunch of quotations organized in certain ways. And here's a bunch of essays organized. Here's a bunch of interviews organized. And if you do the work, you can really learn something from these things like I did. Uh, but this is sort of like kind of the same thing, but more, there's more of me in it. And I really want it to be read because I think that uh, wisdom is, it's a strange thing because it's like, unless I'm wrong, it seems like it is both extremely powerful and beautiful and useful. And most people don't really care about it. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Everybody thinks that money is fantastic. I mean, oh. you can get 99 out of 100 votes. Money is wonderful. I love money. I want more money. But when it comes to wisdom, it's probably more powerful than money. And yet, a lot of people, they don't ever even think about it. Maybe they that maybe they heard their pastor say it three weeks ago. Or maybe they think it might have something to do with Solomon or the Bible or something. Or maybe Buddha. Yeah. Or they think it's too academic or boring or something. We have an amazing room to grow in regard to wisdom, both in you know America in general, and then of course the world in general. And every instance that you look at, you can see how wisdom fits in. I mean, when I watch the Ukraine thing, it's like obviously wisdom is involved, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you deal with Putin without going to with World War Three? You know, do right. you kowtow to him? Do you let him take Ukraine but not Poland? The choices are yeah incredibly interesting. But, and I, so I think wisdom is also very powerful for the individual. I mean, I don't know, everything from dating to what job you take and where you want to work and do you have children? Do you use birth control? I don't know, a million choices. Wisdom always fits in in some yeah. way or another. And so I find it to be a very valuable virtue. But it's interesting that you can't really buy it. You also you have to work for it. You have to try to learn about it. Yeah. You know, just listening to you and your passion about it, Earlier, I said, you know, your book is quite substantial at almost 400 pages, but I'm guessing you could probably write another whole book about it. <laughs> I, I gave it to a, a publicist um, in late 2021, and she said, um, I think you really got some, you got something good here, but 470 pages is way too much, man. And I was like, okay, I, I relent. I will, I will take your <laughs> advice and cut it way down. I cut out a chapter on humor. I cut out a chapter on uh, how is wisdom related to religion and morality. Mm. I shortened a few things and just really tried to make it easier on the reader. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm verbose enough that you know if you give me a a sandwich, uh, maybe a cup of coffee or whatever, I, I, this could be a three hour interview. Uh, <laughs> and so my oh. book is is just like that. I love the stuff and I think it's oh so important. Yeah, yeah. So do you have another book in the works or planned? Or? I decidedly do not want to do another book because, you know, it's obviously a lot of work. Plus, this one really needs to be promoted. And I, I, I shouldn't work on something new, really, when I have a beautiful book here that just needs to get out there. Right. Um, in, in, you know, 50 different ways. So, right. Yeah, That's no, true. No, no new books. Okay. Well, Jason, did you have anything else you wanted to add today? I guess I would say, um, you know, consider buying the book. You know, if you read about it on Amazon you'll see what I'm going for. It's very, it's very clear and obvious that I don't have any tricks up my sleeve. I feel like the book is the real deal. I would never mislead people. 
I'm not that kind of person. So I might not be right about everything I say or, or believe in the book, but I, I certainly will shoot them straight. It, you know, the book's $10, $10 and $15, depending on which version you choose. So even though wisdom can't be bought, the book can be, the book can be had for only $12 and 50 cents. And I, I priced it very moderately like that because, you know, I want people to read it. I think that it's probably the, personally, I say is probably about the best 12.50 that you can spend on anything if you're looking to understand wisdom better or grow wiser or have more success or fulfillment or meaning or things like love or uh, whatever in your life. I beg you, I beg the reader, please read it. If you, if you get involved in, in some of these social issues that are so that seems so important uh, these days, um, you know, please think, take my advice and, um, you know, chill out a bit think about things a little more carefully, rethink things. That's fine. Rethink it, you know, admit you were wrong, change, be more loving than you are austere. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, we got to, Americans have to figure this thing out. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little bit about yourself and your work. Yeah, it's been fun to talk with you. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Jason Murchie, author of Wisdom, A Very Valuable Virtue That Cannot Be Bought. To learn more about Jason and his work, visit his website at valuesofthewise.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. 